it's just getting more and more cluttered. More people are sharing their voice and it's going to be harder to get people to listen to you. I think you kind of have to also build a base a little bit. You talked before about showing up. Showing up is one thing. I think getting people to know who you are as an individual, that's something else. And I think that's just as important. I feel like whenever I hear people say stuff like that, it, <laughs> I come home and I'm like, I'm never posting again because the queen of Instagram, it's, <laughs> I know it's easy just to retweet and say this or same, but how is that bringing value to your audience who is following you for a reason? Anytime you can be yourself, that's going to be the person that people like the most. Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media, at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I had a call today and I wasn't planning on saying it, but I said it. I said, happy new year. And it's <laughs> January 10th, the night, the day that we're recording this. And I, I got the sense that the person on the other end wasn't expecting to hear it because it's been 10 days since the new year. And I felt really bad because I'm usually the one that just cannot stand the happy new year. And it just kind of, I blurted it out. Like I wasn't <laughs> even planning on it. it. Just happened. I feel really like, I feel bad. I you feel, feel bad. bad? About this. I don't think you yeah. should feel bad. I well, kind of, I have my own personal guidelines for this. Well, I don't like saying it in general because, okay. like, it's just you know, it's a silly thing to say. But, like, what are your guidelines on this? Do you have a hard and fast deadline, like cut date? Anytime you're talking to someone for the first time in the new year, in the month of January, Anybody, any person. It has to be someone that you've had contact with. So, you know, if I go and buy a smoothie on January 29th, I'm not going to say Happy New Year. But I'm sending emails to uh, to the editor that I work with, and I haven't talked to her in a couple weeks, I say Happy New Year. I feel like that's okay. acceptable. It's kind of like in the middle. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I just, I'm usually like, I don't say it to anybody. I don't like because it's like it's it's like asking how the weather is. It's just it's just banter for the season. And um, I just stupidly stepped into it today and was trying to make an impression and just I let myself down, Michelle. And now you can't stop thinking about it. Well, yes, it just bothers me. And I feel like I have to like undo it somehow. But no, I just got to grin and bear it and, and move forward. You can call them back and tell them that you don't wish them a happy new year. A very happy un-New Year? Yes. It's funny that you said that because it kind of lines up with what we talked about in a recent episode about uh, having brevity in Instagram stories, how, yeah. it's, how it's most people's natural inclination for their first Instagram story to say, hi, how are you? Right. When you need to just jump into it. So you're saying on this call, if you could do it again, would you have said hello at all? Are you? Oh, are yes. You, okay. Yeah. No, I'm not a horrible person. I just well, don't like banter. I mean... <laughs> fire and early on 2019 <laughs> i don't go around saying happy valentine's day to people i interact with regularly there's no reason to do that i see both sides of course you do as usual right the objective one of the group here yes how are your holidays holidays are good happy new year by the way oh i get a happy new year thank you <laughs> happy new year uh holidays are good spent a week in new york had some time back here and my parents were just here for a few days so overall it was good I don't really feel like I have anything eventful that I can report but I did want to ask you this question mm -hmm. since you just said that you're someone who does not wish people happy new years new or, year. or a happy new year yes I saw the post about how people say it incorrectly I was saying plural like if you were I want to wish everybody every year ever happy new years <laughs> Yes, this new year and any future new years. Right. <laughs> so my question to you is going to be, what is the most basic thing that you have done over holiday break or in the last few weeks? Most basic thing that I've done. Because there is so much basicness. 
floating around right now. And I'm talking about the organization and the goal setting and the, uh, this can extend into Christmas. Like, did you watch any of the basic things that everyone was watching on Netflix? Uh, I watched Miracle on 34th Street. That was the only Christmas movie outside of like the, you know, um, National Lampoons. No, and, I know, wasn't really stuff, referring but... to that. I was referring oh, more are you to talking like, about like shows? cultural, like, well, you mentioned some of them to me. I was just curious if you, it did indeed end up watching them. I did not. I have not gotten around to watching uh, Bird Box or uh, Bandersnatch or any of those ones that are kind of like cycling through. Um, no, I really didn't do anything that anyone else I guess really does over the holidays like (laughs) I mean outside of like being with family like there really wasn't any kind of cultural like I just have to be a part of this you know that that's that's not me um but it was good I mean like it was you know we had a good time both families and first Christmas with Ryan and that was exciting so um you know we had a chance to you know spend some time on Christmas morning just the three of us and but my family came up a couple of days later and we ate and we ate and we ate and, uh, did you eat cheese? Oh yeah. I had all different <laughs> types of cheese. And, um, that was, uh, yeah, of course we had cheese. Are you kidding me? Um, but it wasn't like we didn't, but, and, and you'll be happy to know that we actually had mozzarella, oh, but God. I mean, I mean like it was shredded and all I could, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't At know least you, like, get having, some like, fresh mozzarella. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. both good. Yeah. Well, okay. That's, that's fair. But yeah, it was it was great. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what the hell the definition of basic is outside of like, is that like just what everybody else does? Is that? Yeah, I think I was thinking more of did you set New Year's resolutions? Like I I was having a very basic moment in the first week of the year. Because... I know I saw something recently about your your word of the day word of the year. Oh, well, that, year yeah, and that year. was I wasn't even thinking about that. So maybe I've done two really basic things recently. I picked a word of the year and I also watched the Marie Kondo tidying up show. Okay. Which is about, you have no idea what this is. (laughs) Who's Cardi B again? (laughs) (laughs) Is she in this? (laughs) I'm so old. Yeah. You know who nobody is. A 33 year old, 80 year old. Yes. So this is basically just like a show about decluttering. It came out on January 1st. So of course, everyone is cleaning out their houses and starting fresh. And I didn't do the whole decluttering thing. I just watched the show because I had actually read her book a few years ago and did go through all of that and feel like I'm in a pretty good place um, with my organization and stuff that I keep and stuff that I throw out. But it was cool to watch it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. You need those kind of things. Like, you know, you need to do your own personal, like, enjoyment of your time off. I mean, everybody kind of does that, whether you go for you know a walk or you read or whatever. So I have a book to read thanks to you. Um, oh, yes. One, wonderful, wonderful Christmas gift. Um, a biography about Mr. Rogers, which was very um, nice. And then in, in turn of what I sent you, I felt really bad because I, <laughs> I felt like yours was a lot better than I what was, I sent you. I was going to wear it and I probably should have just done it, but I'm, we're both very conscious now that we're, we're on video and I thought that might confuse people if I showed up wearing like somewhat of a Christmas shirt, mm-hmm. but I should have just done it anyway. Maybe I'll do it for the next episode. Gift would have been a lot better if it actually got to you before Christmas, but that's, that's on me. That's okay. I enjoyed having something to get home to. It mm-hmm. was, it was a new year's gift. Oh, yes. Happy new year's. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're going to tell people what it was or are we just going to talk in circles here? Um, I feel like I shouldn't tell people what it was and then I'll wear it in the next episode and we can encourage people to look for our video or is that too far into the future? Uh, but it's a really, that's what we call a tease in the biz and that's quite the tease. So yeah. Okay. We'll tease Stay it then. Tu- Stay tuned. It's a very interesting piece of apparel and you guys yes. should definitely tune in to see what it is. But it fits, it fits your... Uh, your fandom of of this this franchise. Yes. Okay. Well, Leave good. It at that. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that holidays were good, and this is the first time we've kind of really even seen each other since uh, yesterday. I mean, there, there's, well, right, there's, right. There was a planning <laughs> meeting, but then you know some texting over the holidays. But other than that, this was this was uh, this was a long layoff for us. Yes, so. it was. It's good to be well, back. Good to be back. Um, we had a 
a guest lined up for an upcoming episode of of the show. This person committed to uh, wanting to to do the the podcast. Um, we had some scheduling conflicts and quirks, and then um, we had a new date agreed upon. Michelle and I logged on to to the call to get ready to go, and uh, the person did not show up. Just completely ghosted us, um, and found out later on. Um, they had reached out to me and to, to apologize, but there had been a number of these starts and stops where we were just about ready to record. And then this person could not make the recording and we get it. Things happen. Life come, life happens. But this is a person who I hold in very high regard in the industry in which I work in digital. And, um, it, it just got me thinking that, you know, when did doing what you said you were going to do become this like extraordinary event or this extraordinary request or demand. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And one of the things that we had been talking a lot about is there's a lot of people in our industries who work very hard, who don't necessarily get, you know, some of the notoriety, may not want the notoriety or may want the notoriety, but just can't crack through for whatever reason. And those people who might not be at the upper level of you know, voice influencers or people who actually are trying to be uh, thought leaders in the industry, those people should be heard. Um, and I think it's people like you. I think uh, in some ways it's 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 people like me. But we've probably come across a lot of these people in our industries that bust their tail, work hard, know their industry, study trends, and know quite a bit about what they're talking about. And how do you take that knowledge and sort of step forward and become a thought leader so you can in turn help other people grow as well because one of the reasons why we wanted this person on the on the podcast a because we're fans but b it's an opportunity for people who listen to this to get better take that knowledge and maybe do something with that and impart that on their industry or coworkers or people that they come into contact with so a lot of what we're talking about in this episode is going to be kind of focused in on you know ways that you can sort of become a thought leader and ways that you can kind of find your voice and things you can kind of tap into in order to become that that influential voice in your community. Kind of what I took away from this entire experience is from our perspective, this was a really big deal that this person said that they would come and, and talk. But I, I was in thinking about it further, I was wondering if maybe this person didn't even realize what a big deal it was and how much it meant to us. And I'm not saying and this person ever listens to this, saying it to make them feel bad or to let them know like how disappointed we, we were, but not realizing how impactful your voice can be and just your presence can be. I mean, even just showing up can mean the world to someone. And I think that sometimes we forget this person isn't like a, a superstar, but to us they are. And I'm, what I'm guessing is that they didn't realize that. And I think that if they had realized that, they would have shown up. Right. And this isn't crying over spilled milk. I mean, this is this is us saying that we have a platform that our original goal was to start this thing, to be able to find a place for creatives in our community to kind of come together and be a part of and learn and and listen and share their own stories. And what we've tried to do and what we're continuing to try to do is to find voices and to find people who we feel like do that, who might be those change leaders or those thought leaders in their industry and to come forward. So we felt like we had an opportunity and, um, you know, it, it, I think disappointed was the right word. I think we left that night a little disappointed that it kind of fell through. So instead of sitting there sulking about that, Michelle and I talked about using that as an opportunity to kind of springboard forward and say, okay, there are millions of people like this in the world. And there are some who listen to this and you guys are great that probably find themselves in that field. And maybe you don't want to be, you know, a vocal leader, or maybe you do, or maybe you have a lot that you're sitting on that you just don't know whether or not it's appropriate to share because you're not sure if it's actually true or not. But the only way you're going to know and the only way you're going to become a part of something is by taking that first step and trying that. And I can remember just getting started in, in, in school PR and education and finding this crew of people on, on Twitter that was doing Twitter chats. And um, I got invited to this Twitter chat. And 
I remember just being like, wow, there's, this is a group of people who I identify with, um, who do what I do. And it's kind of rare, you know, we we're we're a unique brand in and of itself. So it was really exciting for me to become a part of that. And, you know, being able to, I guess first things first is to engage with people. That to me is the starting is the starting block is getting over the thought that, you know, people who are good at what they do, thought leaders or, or whatnot, just, you know, broadcast what they, what they think and anyone's going to listen. Um, you really have to start by building relationships first. Like this podcast wouldn't have happened. Have you, had you and I not continued our friendship out of college and then realized that, Hey, you know, he knows what he's talking about. She knows what she's doing. There might be a match here. Mm-hmm. Engaging with people um, in order to kind of start to build that credibility. Definitely. I actually would take it a step further back. You said what was most important is that you were willing to engage in conversation. And I think that that's huge. But you were also willing to show up. I think that that's step one. There are so many mm-hmm. people who feel like there are these groups that they may want to be part of or conversations that they may want to be part of. And they just don't take that first step to even stepping into a Twitter chat or a, um, a Facebook group or attending a conference or a, a meetup because they're so afraid that they may say something that's stupid or they may feel like they don't belong. And I feel like every group that I've been a part of, granted, it hasn't been a ton of them, people are always welcoming. And I feel like the smaller um, niche it is, the more welcoming they are because they're like, there's not that many of us who are even interested in this. So even if you're coming in and saying, I want to learn more about what you guys are talking about, you are going to be welcomed in with open arms. Yeah. Are there ways, like, have you felt that before about taking that first step and not thinking, I mean, I understand you've done things like left, you know, started your own business and that's a huge step, but like trying to be, be recognized in your industry or some, have somebody take you seriously. Have you had like fears and, and, and concerns about doing that? I think I always just have fear of the unknown. I've talked about the rising tide society a lot on this podcast and I still remember going to my first Tuesdays Together meeting, which I think now was about four years ago, right around this time of year. And I remember being so nervous. Like I was excited because I knew that this group of people were going to be like people who were creative and excited to to share and to do things and to collaborate. But I still like I didn't know what it was going to be and who exactly the people were. I think that's always a little bit of a fear for me, especially I am on the Shire side in in big groups, especially. And I always have that fear that I'm going to show up somewhere and I'm just going to be a wallflower because that is my tendency. Like if you get me into a small group with like four people, I will speak. But if it's like a group of even like five or more, then I pretty much won't say anything. I don't think I've ever been nervous about like taking a step forward and trying to be, you know, put my thought out there. I think once I, I start somewhere in the middle of what I'm saying, there's always this like, are they taking me seriously with what I'm saying? Not that I don't feel like I'm, I'm projecting it confidently and that I believe in it, but there's always that, that doubt that there's somebody in the group that knows better than I do or knows more than I do. And they're looking at it going, no, you're wrong. And I'm going to prove it to you. Or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how and why you're wrong. That that has always been a concern of mine, and it and it is to this day. But I think the way that I've been able to kind of get around that is, I'm not telling you this is what you should be doing, because I don't necessarily think that's providing advice to somebody. I think the only way you're able to provide advice to somebody is to is to listen to them and do your best to say in this situation, you may want to consider this, 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 and this. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're going to do, but this might be where you want to have your mind. I think what's wrong with social media and what's wrong with some of this, these influencer voices out there is they tell you, you need to be doing this and we need to be doing more of that. And inevitably, you know, there are people who share that, you know, who quote tweet it or quote retweet it with, you know, yes, or this, this. with like the, fi- yeah, the, the finger emoji pointing down. And I've down done it and, before. But. Sure, we've all done it before. <laughs> but I think the danger of that is, is that there are people who might not necessarily know better or who work in a niche, you know, profession, but are taking 
advice that's generalized and it might not necessarily work for what you're looking to do. And that's a really dangerous position to be in where you're telling somebody this is the what this is what you want to do and it's not going to necessarily work for them. Do you feel like a better solution would be either to choose, okay, I'm just going to heart this or give this a thumbs up. Or if I'm choosing to retweet this, I should be sharing a piece of information about my experience on this same topic. Like even if you agree with the person, you can say just some really basic terms. I agree with this and here's why. Yeah, I think you need to further it. I think that's the beauty of Twitter. And I think that's why people misuse it so much is, is that the same the same stuff keeps getting recycled and it's not necessarily getting it's not growing. It's not getting any bigger. We just keep kicking the same tweet down the road. Whereas what they might say in a tweet, what an expert quote unquote expert might say in a tweet might have some validity to it, but a component of it might only be relevant to your audience. Hmm. And Love That's that. where I feel like you got to take that piece and say for school public relations or for graphic design mm-hmm. or for this or for that, here are the things we probably could be thinking about. Or I wonder if this is going to impact X, Y, Z. You know, I think that's where we sort of can engage with others and have an opinion at the same time and and show that where, you know, we know what we're talking about, but we're really trying to make it make more sense to our group. Guys, it's it's just getting more and more cluttered. More people are signing up for social media accounts. More people are sharing their voice. And it's going to be harder to get people to listen to you is, is the long and short of it. So I think it's just becoming even more imperative to share your unique voice. I know it's easy just to retweet and say this or same, but... Like, how is that bringing value to your audience who is following you for a reason? Go back to why they're following you, too. It's not because I don't follow a lot of people. Let me put myself out there first before I start putting a generalization comment out there. I don't follow people because of what they have to say. I usually follow them because of who they are. And that is a big key, I think, to being taken seriously, let alone having the confidence to kind of put your own thoughts and opinions out there is you need to kind of let people know who you are and you need to have some kind of personality come through some of those maybe advice type tweets or advice type posts or blogs that you're kind of putting out there. You know, I don't think there's any secret about the kind of you know, who I am as, as a person, there's a little bit of sarcasm. There's a little bit of funny. There's a little bit of, you know, I, I take, I believe in the power of good on social media. So sometimes, you know, I might not be willing to say happy new year to somebody, but I'm <laughs> certainly willing to help, to help create a piece of content that's emotional. That's going to make somebody cry. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I think, you know, where I stand on certain things. So at least the people in the school PR community who I've had an opportunity and the good fortune to connect with over the years, they know when I'm saying something or when I'm putting something out there, if I'm saying it a certain way, there might be some validity to it. I think I'm not trying to be boastful. I'm not trying to be pompous. I think that's probably the way it, 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 it's looked at. And I think that's important. And that wouldn't have been established unless they actually had a chance to know who I am. You can't just come out there and start saying, I have an opinion and you need to listen. I think you kind of have to also build a base a little bit. You talked before about showing up. Showing up is one thing. I think getting people to know who you are as an individual that's something else. And I think that's just as important. Do you want to share about the post that you wrote and published right before Christmas? The Guys, we did not share this on uh, the podcast for creatives accounts, um, but you can find it on Steve's personal account if you want to go look for it. It's uh, at the Steve King on Twitter yeah. is where they can find it. Yeah. So those of you who have listened to the podcast know, you know a lot of the things that had happened to me last year. Um, my mom passed away in March after, um, a six year battle with cancer. Um, we had lost our house to a pipe bursting in our upstairs bathroom and basically just kind of flooding the rest of the house top down. Um, and then good news is in in November we welcomed, um, our first child into the world, a son named Ryan. So, um, I knew sometimes, sometime probably back in the fall, I decided I wanted to write kind of a cathartic, just get everything down, you know, what this year was like. And originally it it started off as, you know, kind of a look back to 
the beginning of the year to to the present day and all the things that happened. And I really didn't like the way that flow was going. It was way too documentary like. And I love um, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I do too. But it it just it didn't really have. I guess what I was looking for was to have some sort of feel, and and a and a um, call to action kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to get a call to action when you're looking at a documentary and it's telling me what happened in my life. Like I I couldn't get a rallying piece. I knew where I wanted to go, but it wasn't working. So like I scrapped that and I basically started over and I started thinking back to, you know, the last couple of days that my mom was alive. And one of the things that my biggest memory of of the last few days that my mom was alive was um, when I got down to. Uh, her house or my parents' house in Delaware, um, where she ended up passing away a couple of days before. Um, I got into the house. I put my bags down. I had was walking down the hallway to her bedroom. And before I even got to the door, I heard her yell out, is that my little boy? And I said, yeah, ma. And I came in and we were talking for a couple minutes and, you know, she had dinner with us that night. I mean, she was, she was, you know, declining, but she was alert. We didn't know that she was going to pass, you know, in two days, but Basically, after that, it was, you know, we really didn't have a chance to kind of communicate too much. She became sort of nonverbal. And, um, you know, those of you who have been around someone who's passed away or who's you're watching them sort of pass away, you you know what I'm talking about. It's it's not the easiest thing to sort of witness, but it's not like you're chatting with them. Some cases you do. But in, in this case, it wasn't like that. So we had other conversations over the course of the time that I was there. But the last thing I really remember, the only thing I really remember saying to her um, outside of some of the things that I was saying to her to say goodbye with was is her saying, is that my little boy? And I felt like I wanted to write a piece sort of based around that sentence. And that's kind of where this, this blog that I wrote was sort of born from. Um, it was in essence, you know, she's asking me is, you know, is that my little boy? And I'm standing there, a 33 year old, you know, man for, you know, you can debate that term (laughs) all you'd like, but, um, and, you know, with all of these responsibilities and in a couple of weeks, I'm about to lose my home for four months and, and in nine months, I'm about to have a, a you know, a, a baby. And we have all of these big things on our plates, writing wills and, and looking for daycare and all of these adult responsibilities. And what I didn't realize was, you know, the one thing that the last lesson she taught me knowingly or not was, you know, don't forget to be a little kid every so often and have some perspective and be a little boy. And, you know, there are just days, you know, when you're, when you're going through these like serious things and big time important adulting. Yeah. Right. Like you just want to be a kid. And that's been kind of my promise to myself. It's not a new year's resolution. It's not a, this is my, no offense. This is my thing for 2019. Like, you know, it's, it's just remembering who I am and what makes me, me, and I think what makes people people know me for is, yeah, I can be serious, but I can also be playful and funny and lighthearted about things. And and I think that that's sort of what I want to be more of. So that's sort of where the post sort of came into play. The the you know the call to action at the end was asking people to have perspective and and you know give that little person inside of you that 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 six year old boy or girl give that person the attention that they deserve. Um, so yeah, that was sort of the nature of uh, of that post, and I think that's you know what you try to be from from time to time when it when it calls for it. Now, obviously, that was something not only personal but extremely emotional for you to have to write that. I'm sure not have to write that. You chose to write that, and then to go ahead and and to share it. I mean, you shared a lot of your highs and lows of the year, and what was the reaction that you got from people when you shared that? Oh, very kind. Um, you know, uh, very, very kind. And I think the thing that stood out to me the most was how willingly people um, shared their own stories of losing a parent. Um, friends of mine, uh, people I haven't spoken to in a while, um, who reached out and 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 DM me about things. And I, I was just, you know, to me that made it all worth it. You know, I thought about I was writing this for kind of a, a cathartic exercise to just kind of get the last twelve months out on paper or out on a screen, I guess, and then kind of take that step forward into the next year. But what I ended up getting back was other people's stories and and other people's memories and things that they remember feeling and photos of them and their mom and in some instances. Um, And it just made it even better than I would have thought, you know, because I think that's that community that you 
that you've kind of put yourself or you've become a part of, um, you know, they pick you up and they, they look out for you. And, um, it was nice to have that moment and be able to be, be personal with, with people. In your experience with, with sharing this, I know you have shared other personal things before, but this is probably the most personal. I think it's the most raw piece that I've ever written for sure. Would you encourage if people feel like they have a story to share that they've been sitting on and they're worried if they put it out there that they either, I don't know, might be judged or um, think it's self-indulgent maybe just to be sharing their story, what would be your encouragement to them? Do what feels right for you. Um, I have a couple of friends of mine um, that I, I, I trust a lot and I remember having a conversation with one of them. Um, and I talked to Michelle about that. I talked to you about this too, uh, that I wanted to do this and you were very supportive of that. But I remember talking to this other person and, um, you know, she was like, yeah, I think it's a good idea, but just be prepared for what's going to come back. And, you know, if you're not mentally in a place to want to deal with that just yet, because you've had, you know, you're still having, you know, feelings and emotions and getting through certain things, um, you know, just be prepared for it. And, you know, I, I, I welcome the, the feedback in that case, but, you know, it was what I wanted to do. And and that's what I would tell anybody who has a story. You know, we're so quick to want to have a reaction to what we're seeing because that's the society that we live in now. It's a very reactionary society. And sometimes, you know, we think people are doing it for, for attention or maybe that's what we tell ourselves. But if you're doing it from a position of, I want to tell my story, I want to get this out there. I want to you know, not just telling people about me and what I've gone through. It's really about a message. Cause if it was just about, here's what happened to me this year and, and, you know, Merry Christmas, everybody, I don't think it would have had nearly the, uh, the emphasis to me that it would have had if it wasn't saying, I learned this. Um, I, I, I wish this for you for the coming year. Um, so I would, I would ask, you know, I would say to anybody, if it's something that you have, if you have a story inside of you that you feel is, impactful, important that you want to share, um, and you're comfortable enough do it to do it, take that, take that leap, show your skills, whether it's, you know, a, a, a Twitter thread, if you if you're more comfortable writing a tweet than a blog post, or if you're more comfortable going on, 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 on doing a video, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, if it's what you want to do, um, and it's important to you, put yourself out there, um, because you don't know the impact that that's going to have on people. Um, and what that's going to mean to people and what that's going to mean for you as part of your healing process or growing process. Now, I know the answer to this is yes, but I'm just, I'm thinking about now outside of maybe really personal stories like the one that you shared. I was going to ask you if you knew that you were going to put this out there and you publish it on Twitter and only one person was going to read it, would you still have published it? Yeah, because honestly, I wasn't anticipating this is going to sound silly and people might roll their eyes, but I wasn't anticipating comments. I really wasn't anticipating people kind of like outside of just like, you know, love and, you know, whatever they're going to say. Like I wasn't expecting stories from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so posting it, you know, you could argue why, why not if it was just for you, why not write it and not publish it on social media? I think if I was just doing it to recount my year, that's probably what I would have done. I've written a number of things on, on my medium uh, account and not, publish it to social media. I just let it live there. But this was something that I felt like if I was going to do this right, I needed to have some type of, again, call to action. So that's why I did that. So yeah, but no, I would have done it even if it was just one person. I'd like to talk a little bit about if you have one follower or if you have no followers, because I feel like um, I've been encountering more people who are in that position who are really excited to, to jump into this online world and who have either a message to share or a talent to share. And I think that there is so much discouragement um, in feeling like there are so many people out there who are already doing what they're doing. There are so many people who have millions of followers and how are they ever going to make an impact? How are they ever going to, I think, also find the confidence they need to keep going? Because even though I've been doing this for years, I I like lose track of how many years because (laughs) I started different things at different points, but uh, I've done some new things lately, recently. And I will say I, I honestly have felt some moments where 
I've started two new Facebook groups recently for paid programs and I've been putting kind of like my heart and soul into them and putting a lot of content out there and sometimes it's crickets and this is for people who are paying to be there so it's hard to keep going when you feel like nobody is listening but I've forced myself to keep going and reasoned that maybe who would find the content later on and also just knowing that we just went through the holidays and I know that a lot of people are busy but what I would like to encourage people to do is to think of the one person and be willing to serve one person because you can make a huge impact and then that person can tell another person and you will grow but you have to give it time and you have to be willing to engage with that one person. I, I think that there's a tendency that people want to come out of the gate and be like really professional and but you have to kind of break the rules and that's something that that I'm still learning to adapt with like you can be professional and still like have one-on-one conversations like if there's only one person there don't pretend that there's 300 people there Mm -hmm. how did you go about how did you go about doing that in your foray into into like let's just take social media Uh, I mean you had to start somewhere so how did you sort of get people to kind of go along with you um I don't really feel like it's as applicable. Like, um, I paid influencers. No, no, no. I paid I've, for followers. I, I've not. I've never paid for influencers or followers. But I started my Twitter account and my Facebook account so early on. And when I started my Facebook account, it was very customary to, I started this page. I'm going to invite all of my personal followers to like my page, which is not something that I would ever do today. But... If you're just starting, like maybe that's a, a starting point. Is it maybe you don't have to invite your entire list because now I have, as we've discussed in past episodes, I have people who follow me who I wish didn't. <laughs> um, I'm at the top of that list, I assume. Yes, right? yeah. you were the first person I invited. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, go go to your follower list, and if you, I think there's something about having vanity numbers that can give you just a little bit more confidence. So if you feel like you need to invite family members or friends to be in your audience, go for it or or ask people to tell people that they know if it's of an area of interest. I remember talking to Shane Haggerty over the summer and he was talking about how his his Facebook page that he started for his podcast, he was so hesitant to talk to or tell his family that you know, to, to follow him there because he just felt like it was just going to be awkward questions like, what is this? And who is this person you're interviewing? And is this person famous? And, is, you know, and he was just like, I just didn't want to entertain it. I just didn't want to go down that path. But I, I, I agree with you. I think getting people who are like your, your bread and butter, you know, your, your, your friends and family, the ones who are going to support you no matter what. I think getting them involved early on to kind of help you a little bit and because they're going to recognize your face. They're going to recognize what you have to say. They're going to be supportive if they're your friends, getting them on board. I completely agree with Shane, by the way. And we've probably, I know we've talked about this before, but it's something that I always realize when I go home. So over the holidays, I saw so many people. And of course, because people are nice, my friends and family are nice. They want to know about my business and they're like, yeah, you know, you're like the queen of Instagram. And I feel like whenever I hear people say stuff like that, it <laughs> I come home and I'm like, I'm never posting again because the queen of Instagram, it's <laughs> um, I think about the fact now that I'm I'm on there and I'm posting and in my circles, people that I follow on Instagram, they do a lot of talking to the camera. They're on there every day. They're showing what they have for dinner. So that's normal to me. But I forget that person I grew up with or, you know, person who I grew up with's mom is watching that and thinking like, what is this girl even doing? You know, and I don't want to have to explain myself or, or to change my course of action. I, I am admittedly saying I came back from Christmas feeling like I did not want to post anything. Yeah. So you started two Facebook groups and where you go. Well, that that was before Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're private. Uh, that's a safe zone, Steve. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do you ever Instagram feel that way? Theme. Do you ever feel shy? Like, if do you ever feel weird when people in person say, "Hey, like I saw that video you put up on Facebook." Like, our, even like our podcast videos. Have people said anything to you about those, like in real life? 
There's been a couple of times where that's happened. I, I get a lot when we go to the, the national conference for school PR in the summer, I get a lot of people who follow me on Twitter who will recognize me because of, you know, your, your, your Twitter photo, your avatar. And it's, oh, I follow you on Twitter. Oh, you're you're at the Steve King. And you're like, yeah, that's me. But like, it's all like that's like your community. So like you get that. That's it's not about it's not about content, though. There really isn't anything that people say like, oh, I know you from this or I saw. But we get comments on those things, too. I got I mean, I remember having some conversations with people about our, our video about how much I hate glitter. Uh, yes. That was that was a popular one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still hate it, by the way. I had a funny story for you off of that. Actually, we had a. Uh, we were at my in-laws for uh, Christmas Day, and we were exchanging gifts. And last year, my mother-in-law wrapped all of her presents in glitter wrapping paper. And yeah, don't did you mm. issue a complaint? Well, I did. Well, I didn't. But our clothes basically spoke for themselves <laughs> after we were all done. So we were sitting around, you know, the tree, and and my wife says out loud, like, you know, hey, mom, good call on not having the glitter wrapper paper this year. <laughs> <laughs> to which my future sister-in-law was like, I wrapped all my gifts in glitter wrapping paper. And like, Welcome it was just to kind the of family. like, family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that was, uh, we didn't, we didn't quite escape the, the glitter, the glitter hell of, of, uh, last year, but, uh, it's yeah. a rite of passage. Now she'll know yeah. for next year. Yeah. No, we're not doing it. The goal is to get away from it. So, but yeah, we've had a few people kind of comment on some of that, some of those pieces of content. I don't know if it makes me like awkward or self-conscious. I mean, there are certain things that I know when I share that we do for the podcast on like my personal account. Like if we do some like, cause we record and we, we publish a lot of pre podcast video. Um, uh, and that's more just like personal ran- having nothing to do with yeah random conversations about things that, you know, like glitter and how much we mm-hmm. hate it. Um, Cardi B. Yeti Cardi cups. B and who the hell that is. Right. I know when I share, I, I share a lot of that stuff on my own personal Facebook account. I don't share a lot of stuff on Facebook, but that stuff I do share because I feel like it's going to hit people maybe more so than the content that's a little bit more targeted to our audience. So like you can kind of gain more people following you that way. But I'm sometimes I'm when I share things, I'm just like, oh, this might be awkward or this might go over a little. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've shared. I share a lot of our podcast videos to my Michelle Hickey design page because I have a pretty good followership there. But I've I've yet to share one to my personal just because I don't I don't want people to be like, what is this? Who is that guy? You know what I mean? Or like, I thought I, she was I the think, Instagram queen. And or now like, I know both Facebook of them. Things. How do they know each other? Like, I think there would oh, be some of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there any of that? Who's that guy you do the, the radio show with? <laughs> I have, I did get some of that over the, over the, uh, Christmas People break. are always so interested in you when they talk to me and they're always so interested in me when they talk to you. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I hope you say nice things. Tell them I never, I didn't know you. I'm just dragging you along and (laughs) I'm going to leave you as soon as this gets big. That's what I say. I forgot to tell you that, um, on Christmas Eve, my cousin Erica and my sister Laura are both talking, singing your praises about how you have a very good voice. No, they just, they, no, they were complimenting you. They thought that you had a really good radio voice. And then I asked Erica, I'm like, oh, you've listened to the podcast. And she said, yes. And I said, oh, which episode? The first one. No, that was the worst one, man. Erica, <laughs> killing me. That was the worst one. Obviously, yeah, you've not listened past back. that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> he sounded great for what I heard. <laughs> and that was all I needed to hear. Yeah, yeah. It was enough to know that she liked your voice, but didn't want to listen beyond that. Right, yeah. It actually did sound like a, you know, a radio voice because we actually weren't speaking in the microphones. Unknowingly, we were just talking off the computer audio. So. Yes. Oh, was that the first episode? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has. Nah, to, we've learned so much. We've brought this full circle. Everyone has to start somewhere. We That's really right. didn't. I mean, we still kind of don't know what we're doing, but we really didn't know what we were doing when we started this. And now we have followers. We have listeners. I have people ask me all the time about starting a podcast and things you need to know. And I feel a little bit more comfortable saying, see, are the things you may want to consider as opposed to couldn't tell you. Have no idea. Yeah. Look it up yourself. Find it on YouTube. I think you just really have to be willing to have no audience or to have one person that you know will listen, watch, or read your content. That's kind of how we came into this. We're like, maybe no one will ever listen, but let's just put the first episode out there. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Invest in the time. I mean, I think that's, you know, you started it by saying you got to show up. Like I completely agree. I think you have to invest the time and, 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 and put it in and be confident in yourself. You know, I, I think that the, the, the recipe is, and, you know, investing your time, making sure people know who you are as an individual, um, because, you know, whether you're, you know, whether you like to, you know, knit or whether you like to sing or whether you like to, you know, whatever your interests are. I mean, like you guys know a lot about us through this podcast because we've, we've opened up about who we are. You know, Michelle likes to go to the movies, you know, I can't stand, you know, anything. So, you know, we put, we put ourselves out there in that, in, in, in that element. So getting personal, I think is a big key to helping people kind of take you more seriously because they know who you are. It's not just your professing stuff, being able to kind of, you know, stand up and believe in something, you know, you can't just spit back the same things that, people say, you know, that are out there actually having an opinion and furthering that message, whether or not you're taking somebody else's thought and making it a little bit more specific to your industry, but having an opinion and then making sure that you're actually kind of interacting with other people and engaging with people, asking them questions, you know, putting things out there and, 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 you know, seeing if there's a way to, um, tap into, uh, you know, their, their appetite for, for your content or for the thing that you're talking about. And just to further that, don't try to be the person that you think that people want you to be. Just be yourself because that's what it's going to end up coming back around to. There are so many people out there and so many voices. And they, really the only way that you can be distinctive is to, without trying to sound cheesy, like just really be true to all of your ins and outs and the good and the bad and your random interests like Steve said, like we've brought some of those here and I've connected with people over that. One of my favorite stories in my um, career as a as a manager, the first couple of months that I was in the job, we had someone on the team who needed to um, be addressed about something that they weren't doing. And I remember talking to my boss before I went to speak with this person and she says to me, you know, you got to do this and you got to say this and make sure he understands this and da, 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 da. And I went to meet him for lunch and in my head, I'm thinking, got to say this, got to say it like that. Got to make sure he knows this. So I get to the restaurant, we sit down, we have some awkward, you know, talk about the weather. Happy um, New Year. Happy New Year. All those good things. And then I said to him, you know, one of the things that I'm not seeing and I froze because it wasn't coming out like I would say it. And I realized right off the bat that this is not going to work because it's not me. I'm trying to be somebody else. I'm trying to be my boss. And I was kind of like stumbling over the words. And finally, the guy I was talking to who needed to be addressed about this says, well, you just come out and say it already. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like, all the nerves just kind of melted away and I was able to say like, here's the reality of the situation and just sort of went into it on my own. And then from that point on, he was like, yeah, I see it. You're right. You know, like I'm, I'm not doing this and I'm, I'm, I'm over delivering here. You know, you got it. Not a problem. And from there on out, we built this great relationship and it's allowed me to be me. I think it's because I was allowed to be me or I, I put myself forward like that, you know, he sort of sees me as someone who knows I'm looking out for his best interests and he knows that I'm going to try to help him grow. And I know that he knows what he's doing and we've just had that good solid relationship. So yeah, without a doubt, you got to be you, you got to be comfortable in your own skin. Um, don't try to be like somebody else, be yourself. It always, always pays off. It's just less to remember. Like you said, you went into that meeting trying to be like, okay, wait, what was I supposed to say? How was I supposed to say it? And yeah. then you're taking away from, the content of, of what you really want to say. Right, exactly. Are you familiar with avatars as far as your your audience goes? Not the movie with the blue people, <laughs> which I have I still have never seen. Uh I just I the am concept. Not. No. no, I'm not. Okay, so these things are labeled as avatars, but it's basically who's your ideal audience member? And some people bring this uh, to a deeper level, which I think is a great exercise, especially if you're just starting out and actually really describing who this person is in detail, like they're a character. And some people even go as far as to name them. But I, I'm of the belief that your avatar is some version of you. I mean, you're the person you know best. Obviously, if you are you know, serving an audience that 
is nothing like you. Like Steve, I guess you are kind of in this boat. You talk about this all the time that you don't, you're not in it for the the education at your full-time job. You're in it for the, your role in the job. The work. Um, I like, I like the strategy, right? The work, but you still have to know, and you, I think in, in your situation have several avatars because you have several people that you serve in mm-hmm. your role. Um, but I think if you have a really good picture of who you're talking to, it's a lot easier to have that conversation. Right. Right. I completely agree with that. But that takes, that takes, you know, we talk a lot about audience identification, like that takes knowing that group and, and spending time to say like, who's following me? What are they looking for from me? What impact do I see what I'm saying or what I'm advising in my role, at least having, um, cause not everybody's going to listen. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, from a, from a thought leader role, like, I don't know if that matters as much uh, unless you're, you know, I, I, you know, you have two groups of thought leaders. You have people who just want to profess stuff and then you have people who want to see real change. Like I, I, I think my, I think of myself in a thought leader role on my team, but I want to see change and I don't often see change as quickly as I'd like to see change. So that can be a little bit difficult about where are you are in it for? Are you in it for the growth or are you in it for the immediate results? Uh, that's a tough it's a tough thing for me to swallow sometimes because sometimes it's easy for me to say, I'm going to do this because I know this is the right thing to do. It's not always the case for, for, for some individuals. Um, so you have to check your ego at the door, I think in this role and know that it's not always going to go as well as you want it to go, but you take that step and you try to make change. Happy new year. Happy not new year. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know what stood out to you. I'm not a big Civil War era person. It all feels like a combination of like scary and depressing. Mm. And like, I don't know, everyone had those like those mustaches and like those long like black right. heavy like coats people, and the hats. Yeah. It's like... Mm. How did yeah? It felt just very itchy. Like yeah, people yeah. Should, like it was an itchy era. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite things about that era was like the guns that they used back then. Mm-hmm. Like they all had I don't know the the term. Maybe it's bayonet or whatever it is. But like they have the gun, and then on the end of the gun is like a harpoon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the harpoon. And it's like it's always my favorite because. You know, you, you, you sit there logically and they're just like, what the hell is the point of that thing? And it's like, well, if you're at point blank range, you could just stab the guy. And it's just like, fire the gun. So like, could <laughs> you imagine like average man, the average guy, you would be at, would own one of these things oh, if God. you lived in that time. Not, I would not. No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs>